real Kipper and Born? No, it's not a it's not a hilarious April Fool's joke. I am actually here. Brent Gunning alongside my buddy Justin Bourne. Borny, thanks for welcoming me in. Yes, buddy. And we're gonna here. welcome in a regular Friday guest. I've talked to this man before, but I think it's my first time interviewing him. Doug McLean joins us now. Doug, how are you doing? You on a beach somewhere? Like, what the hell am I on this show for <laughs> when Kip and Kiprios is not on it? Like, I do it because I do him a favor, and he bails? Are you kidding me? Well, you know, uh, Kipper, joke. Kipper thought you a, and I would get along. Joke. Yeah, he thought we'd get along great, who, Doug, and, so that's why I'm here. And, and who? And who are you? I'm I'm Brent Gunning. I uh, used to produce oh, Hockey Central. Your show? Yeah. yeah, I used to produce your show oh. once in a while. Yeah. Oh, I give you some I've stat heard, packs. I've heard of you. I've, okay, I've, I've heard, heard of. You. Nice. Now, what, what, was your nickname Show? No, no, we we didn't. There's oh, actually oh, a guy. Oh, that who, uh, that's just a guy who works yeah, okay. here. Okay. Oh, so, okay. So because Show used to produce. So. Anyway, go ahead. So where where are we on a beach today? Playing some pickleball. What are, what are we up to, Mac? You know what? I've been uh, extraordinarily busy today. I, I, I'm sure you probably don't know, but I'm writing a book. Mm-hmm. And it's almost ready to go into Simon & Schuster. We're probably a month away from going in. It's not coming out till next spring, but it's a, it's a, uh, it's not about me. It's a book on the draft. So What's it called, Doug? Do you have a name uh, yet? <clears throat> draft Day with Doug McLean. Pretty good. Straight to the point. No one's going to yeah. be confused about what they're, they're like. They will not be sold the bill of goods. They'll know exactly uh, what, what they're That's getting right. into with that one. Uh, good, good luck with that. We'll, we'll and, definitely be keeping an eye. And my uh, and my good friend Scott Morrison is the ghostwriter or the writer for with me. So anyway, anyway, just a little PR there. I know Kiprios put a book out. This one will be a bestseller, um, <laughs> unlike Kiprios's. But anyway. Well, I thought that was just pictures. I thought I could have been wrong. I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, obviously, Doug, big, big topic here. Austin Matthews. He gets fifty last night. Feels like we've been so close to it. You know, you've been in the league for, you've been around the league for a long time. Fifty is still this huge number. You know, what do you think it means for a player to kind of reach that, especially a guy like Matthews, who's come so close a couple of times already? Well, look, uh, watching him last night, and you know, watching him quite a bit this year. I, I marvel at almost every shift he plays as kid. And he's still a kid. He's still a kid. And, and as a guy that's kicked around a long time, I marvel at what he does on the ice. I mean, offensively, defensively. I listened to Giordano talk about, you know, the way he's back checks. And we've seen that coming from his first day in the league. But not only that, he's such an offensive threat. Uh, when he has the puck inside the blue line, it, it's it's pretty special to watch. And uh, he's been that good, guys. You guys see it more firsthand than I do, but he has been that good. He is, we talk about it on this show a lot, about guys that are drivers online. Mm-hmm. This guy this guy drives the play, no doubt about that. He's special. And throughout hockey history, like the guys like that tend to get Stanley Cups. I mean, it just has historically the greatest players in the game have seemed to have found a way. Obviously, Leafs Nation hoping this is the year they can get through a round. Has anything uh, changed for you opinion-wise watching the Leafs uh, take care of Florida, go into Boston, get a win, you know, beating Winnipeg last night? Do you feel any differently that they're starting to find something here? 
Well, you know what? I, I I was wondering about that the last few games, and then you know Winnipeg didn't look very good last night, but Toronto did look good. Uh-huh. But I, I here here's what jumped out at me. I and it and it was a stat I saw today that the last, two of the last guys to score fifty goals in the same amount of time as Matthews did was Lemieux and Yager on the ninety five ninety six Penguins. Right. Both of them were fifty goal <laughs> scores in that team. And we, the Florida Panthers, played them in the third round of that playoff series. And both of them were held to two assists in that series. A seven-game series between the two of them, they had two points against us. Wow. What's the recipe? I and feel I'm, like that's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the natural follow-up. How? <laughs> you, you know what? It, it's, it's mind-boggling the job that our guys did on those two guys. And I'll never forget the first meeting I went into in, in our team meeting at the hotel before that series started. And I said, guys, our goal in this series is to make Mario and Yammer hate hockey by the end of this series. <laughs> we want them to hate the game because we're going to punish them so much. So I, got, I was sitting, the reason I'm telling telling us because I was thinking about Matthews and that, and, and you just brought it up. That's the next thing is now it's got to translate to the playoffs to become an absolute star in the playoffs. And with the help of, you know, Marner and company lead this team to success. That's that's the next big accomplishment for this kid who's still a kid, which is hard to believe. We're asking that of a young, a, a relatively young player, but that's the way the game is today. Yeah, so he, it's it's a great accomplishment. But it, like, like you guys just said, the next step is winning, winning at playoff time. Yeah, he he's incredible, and the fact that he was the youngest Leaf forward in the lineup last night just kind of shows how how young an age he's yeah. doing it. You know, Doug, I, I don't know if you remember, but there was that clip from the playoffs last year of Sherrod. He's got him by the the neck or the the collar of his shirt. Matthews is laughing. I. You know, a lot of people took two sides of that. One side of the coin is, look, you want your guy to not be worried, be above the fold. But if I'm listening to what you're saying there, I think you'd like Austin Matthews, if that happens this time, to turn around and pop Sherratt in the mouth. Like, it feels like you want him to be that guy who's asserting himself physically. Do, do you see that, that coming into his game more? And what does it take to kind of take that from the regular season into the playoffs? Well, you know, we've seen different guys do it at playoff time. Obviously, we've watched Sid do it and it's relatively quick in his career with some pretty good players. You know, Malkin has been a big plus to, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Sid winning the Cups, Malkin has been a great support guy. So Matthews is going to need to have a real support guy with him. We saw Vetch can do it when he got support. I, I, I go back to Steve Eiserman. I was with Steve Eiserman for five years in Detroit and we couldn't get. We had challenges. We won a couple of rounds, but, I mean, we got knocked out by the Leafs in the first round. We got knocked out by San Jose. Stevie Y couldn't get it done. He couldn't get over the hump because it was he was he was solo. And once Stevie got the support cast with him, once Larry Onoff came in and Konstantinov became a star and Lidstrom became a star and he got the support group, Stevie became the greatest captain and one of the greatest captains in the history of the game. But I'm telling you, for five, seven, eight, nine years – Stevie had a tough time getting over the hump at playoff time. Got his 50 goals, 40 goals, 50 goals, whatever it was. But getting over the hump in the playoff time, you need unbelievable support from Marner, Nylander, and company. Tavares, Riley, 
uh, whoever it's going to be. They, they, mm-hmm. That's the only way you win. And and Sid and Malk and Sid and, and Obi got support. So, yeah, a lot's on him. Yeah, he's got to fight through everything. I mean, Sherratt and these guys can't can't intimidate, can't bother, can't get in his face. I mean, he. But it. But it's also the support of his teammates to to take him there. Yeah, one of the guys that they banked on adding a little bit of that stability and st- uh, support at the deadline is Mark Giordano, who's been pretty good, pretty good. Long Lilligren. He had a moment where he got walked by Blake Wheeler uh, last night, but uh, you know everyone has their bad moments. You know, you the talk around Leaf Nation that I see is just like you got to get this guy resigned. They got to, you know, he's a valuable piece of this. You need him. Kipper and I have argued back and forth on what would potentially be a reasonable value. I tend to think this is a guy still playing top four minutes and he's still going to cost some money. Kipper, well, he, he was suggesting that you offer him the league minimum, like Spezza like type that. deal. Yeah, and, I like that. <laughs> he's a Toronto guy. Would, do you think he'd be offended if you went to him with some that low? You know, I, I look. Giordano's done everything in his career, um, from Norris to being a captain to being a leader, but he's never won, and he's hardly ever won at playoff time. They have what one one run, yep. one run in his yeah. time in Calgary. Uh, you know what? I would think that the biggest issue for Mark would be an opportunity to win. I mean, I, I you know I compare it to a Bork. I know. I don't know what contract situation, but I, I have a hard time believing that money will be an issue hmm. for, for him. I mean, I don't think he will be insulted because they understand the game. They understand the dollars in the game. They understand the league situation. Do you embarrass him? No, you don't embarrass him, but you don't pay him big money at 39 years of age. You don't, or you don't give him big term. You, you, you work with him to say, hey, we think you can be an important part, but this is where we are cap-wise. I mean, let's not kid ourselves, guys. They need a goaltender really bad this summer, whether it's Jack, whether he reestablishes himself. But they need to go out and find a number one goal. It's going to cost them, if there's anybody out there, going to cost them a lot of money. How much money are they going to have for Mark Giordano at 39? I, I'm with Kipper. You, but you work with them and you approach it in a professional way, and Kyle's good at that, that – that, hey, we, we want you to be part of this group, but we cannot afford to pay you big money. That, that's, that's where I'd go. Hmm. So Justin and Bourne I says... Be, I don't think he'd be insulted. Justin Bourne... Yeah, well, <laughs> he can write money. that in his article. Well, I was just, yeah, I was he just... wants to give him $5 million. I was on with these, I was on with these guys. <laughs> Name Benning. Jim, is it Jim Benning? Jim Benning? Yeah. Who, who, yeah. Oh, no, it's Gunning. It's Gunning. Oh, Brent Gunning. Yes, I'm Brent Gunning. I'm not, the, I'm not former okay. Canucks GM. All right, no. okay. I'll take it. If anyone now, wants listen, to I was on with, I was on with these guys a few months ago, and the two of them were talking that Jack Campbell is going to get $6 million. And I said, are you guys serious? Like, am I really listening to this? That's what they – so let's not get carried away with what Bourne wants. <laughs> I'm going to stick to non-GM roles for now. I was just going to say, Justin Bourne says one thing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And former Uh, player and former GM say another. I'm just saying. I think I kind of know which side I want to side with, especially because that side has Mark Giordano making like 850 next year. I I definitely like that. No, no, I I don't say 850, but I think you you come in with something that, that, yeah, well, Kipper, that's that's fine. He wants to pay him what Spets is making, I'm sure. Yeah, you know? he does. He wants to pay him in Little Booth, probably. But 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 Spets pay played seven minutes last night, or eight minutes, or ten minutes, and Simmons played 
seven minutes. I mean, they, you know, so if you're going to bring Giordano back, he's got to be a 20 minute guy. And, and, and you know what, here's the big test guys. And let's not get too carried away with Mark, although he's had an amazing career. Let's see how he performs at 39 in the rigors of a Stanley cup playoff. Let, let's see how that goes. Right? And I think that's, you got to step back and say, okay, can at 39, he handle a Tampa Bay or a Boston in a seven round series and then another seven round or seven game series and see where he is at the end of two rounds. Yeah. I think a lot of people would sign up for yeah. seeing that. Honestly, Doug, like he'd finally win. Well, yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you talk about the goaltending, sure. you talk about the goaltending there and what does it do for a team when you just have this much uncertainty? I, I guess the good thing is, is that they can say, well, Campbell's been hurt and that wasn't really him the last time we saw him. And we believe Campbell can be the guy that we saw earlier this season, but you know, what does it do to a team when you're looking at pretty much one option? Because the 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 magic is off with, with Shalgren here. He's he's kind of, you know, falling back to earth after his, his shutout and his first start. And Peter Morazic's hurt for six weeks. So what is it like for a team when you know there's no real backup plan? It's got to be this guy, and it's a guy you're kind of uncertain about. Well, I think it's frightening. I, I really do. I mean, I, I said it last year going into the playoffs that the guy had never played a playoff game in his life and hardly plays even regular season games. And then we're going into a second year with into the playoffs, and he's the number one guy, and he's played one series in the playoffs, essentially. And he's been hurt most of the season, and he struggled for half the season, and he was really good the first half. So who you guys know the same as anybody in hockey knows that the the number one position at playoff time is your goaltender. You don't think Tampa Bay coming in with Vasilevsky and Boston, whether you like the kids Swayman and the kid Elmark have been both really pretty solid for them. Florida's goaltender Bobrovsky, I think they'll give him the run support that he needs to win. But if he starts to stumble, I think Florida can score their way out of a round because if Bobrovsky slips, but the way Bobrovsky's played this year, I mean, Bobrovsky, Vasilevsky, Boston's team defense, that's a tough first round. So you better have great goaltending if you're going to win and compete in those series. And I'd be really scared about that. I really would be. I mean, last night, Shelburne, I mean, he was good, yeah. but he let in four goals. Four goals go in, you know? Yeah, it, it, That's frightening. It is. It is a concerning position for Leafs fans. Um, last one for me, Doug. Just want to get your take on something which I wrote a little bit about today. Uh, Willie Nylander gets a kick in the pants from his coach, you know, down to the third line, just taken off uh, the second line in an earlier game before that. And he's played two games since, and he's been awesome. He's been dynamic, engaged, taking the puck to the net. You know, what do you do with a guy like this? Is there ever a chance to get him to play like that version of him every game, or you just got to live with the fact that it's not going to be there sometimes? You know what? I, I like the I like the way he bounced back after getting the kick in the butt. Yeah. I, I do, and I, and what I liked about it is he battled the score. He really battled the score, which he hadn't been doing, and he'd been playing on the edges, and and he wasn't getting involved. I, I liked his game. So you know, it's like it. I've told you this story many times about the kid that comes into your office and said, Hey, why am I on the fourth line? Why am I on the fourth line? That's not, it's not fair. I, I, I'm always on the fourth line. And the coach says, because I don't have a fifth line. That's why you're on the fourth line. <laughs> so for Willie, Willie didn't want to go any lower. He wanted yeah. to move up and I don't blame him. And I, I give him full marks for that. I, you know, I kind of, I liked his, I liked his effort last night, especially the one where he battled in the paint 
two guys on him and he battles and scores. So good on him. Good move by Keith. If we'd send a message. Yeah, that's that's always been the thing about Nylander is he needs to be poked and prodded once in a while. But when you do it, you tend to get a pretty decent stuff out of him uh, for a period of time. Anyways, Doug, I, thank, oh, I would I would poke him before game. I'd poke him before game one of the playoffs. Maybe <laughs> not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Get yeah. the get the consulting fee out to MLSE uh, for for that that brilliant Listen, insight. Uh, good luck with your career. Thank I'm you. glad you made the big uh, big move to get on this show. And congratulations and good luck. Well, well, I mean, with your with your well wishes, I, I'm sure it can go nowhere but up from here. Uh, Mac, thanks so well, much, man. My my well wishes mean a lot at Sportsnet. <laughs> See you later, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, there he goes. Thanks uh, for joining Doug, us, Doug, Doug. McLean, uh, friend, friend, colleague, uh, well wisher of mine. Apparently, yes. called me Jim Benning. <laughs> We can't. Hey, we, we can't. This is but, the first show he didn't call me Jason Bourne. So I'm just laughing my ass off. Back I, here, boys. That was funny. I thought. I genuinely thought he was about to give us a Canucks. A Canucks to angle, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I mean, okay, I'll hear it. Sure. Hey, I don't remember who the Canucks GM is all the time. While I, he was calling you Jim Benning, uh, someone in our comments said, "Is that the guy from Mumford and Sons?" So okay, <laughs> all right. I, I don't even. I, I I don't know if that's a compliment. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I googled it. Fairly handsome band. Okay. Yeah, I'm right. not sure which one specifically. Well, you'd be, that's be, the problem. Are there are like 17 people in that band. It's, yeah, it's there's like, a lot of sons. Yeah. Okay. Not, well, I don't know who Mumford there we, is. There we go. There we go. I, I, he has I, any signs that Mumford <laughs> busy guy Mumford um, busy uh so we, we mentioned goaltending oh yeah we didn't really talk about it we got five minutes now maybe we could talk about yes. it yes it felt good hey how good did it feel to go through the full segment party no goaltending talk the you full, know we did the full thing without talking about the goal I was I felt like the foundation hadn't been built <laughs> I know. you know um, by the way, uh, Doug did call him Shelberg as well. So again, okay, there we go. No offense, taken. <laughs> no offense taken from anyone. Uh, again, he thought, you know, he thought I was an NHL GM as far. That's right. how I'm going to take him calling okay. me Jim Benning. That's what I'm going to take luck there. there. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll so take it. Let's Goal talk tending. about the element, elephant yeah. in the room. Have Be- to do it. Cause last night was a ton of fun. The, the shell elephant. You know, the, the sh- Wow. Thanks. I'm not even going to boo you. That was damn good. That was really <laughs> good. Um, the Matthews 50, beating him on the streets and in the and on the scoreboard, you know, willing everything. Shalgren did not look good last night. No. You know, like the, the goals that went in were not good, and then the Leafs did not give up a chance for the last half of the I game. I think Winnipeg had, what, 20 shots? Yeah, and give or take. I can't even remember a chance in the third period. Like, right. They really shut it down. By the way, the Leafs have played tremendous defensive hockey lately. Well, okay, hold well, on. I wonder if Mark Giordano had something to do with that. Yeah. For sure. But is it? Is there something to you have to play desperate in front of a guy like that? And you, like yes, I, but you can't no, sustain. No, it. exactly. That's the thing. Like I'm not saying, oh, you know Put what? Put airs you, in. You, know and you really do exactly. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. But yeah. I do wonder how much of it is just. Look, this is a moment where our season cannot not go off the rails in the sense of they're going to miss the playoffs or anything. But this is where you need to really. I don't know, confirm your momentum, for lack of a better term. You cannot be sliding in the opposite direction. This team is peaking. Okay, maybe I'd like it like one week from now, but they're borderline peaking at exactly the right time. Mm -hmm. And I do wonder how much of that is just they they feel like they can't give up that many good looks. It it was 2 nothing, and they had allowed four shots at one point last night. Like, that just can't happen, and you're right. There's no way you can sustain that going forward, but I do wonder if that's what's making them look like this, along with Gio, for sure. Well, but yeah, definitely with Mrazek for a while there, you didn't feel any better about it nope. being him over Shelgren, so... Let me ask you this. What happens if Jack Campbell, the rib, wasn't the problem? 
and it's just he you think the kitchen like the brain bone what happens <laughs> because then you're just you're you didn't address it at the deadline i guess you tried to get harry carry satari or whatever you tried yeah. to sneak him through by the way i was not here uh obviously because it's the first time i've been on the show the harry carry satari day very was good as fun a day as <laughs> that was that was all kipper dug <laughs> yeah, that one up kipper was very pleased with oh, himself yeah. justifiably yeah. so i just i it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gonna be very hard to look back at the trade deadline where it went unaddressed and not question. Uh, I think everything's that, great. <laughs> <laughs> There's a number of of things where Kyle Dubas. You know, I give Kyle Dubas a lot of credit for for this right here. Mm. He hasn't waffled on his on what he's doing. You nope. know, with the core of the team, he's saying gonna live and die by this group. Through my pen, who might, needs it? Might We're die. making points here. Right, might die. And if, we, and if we don't win, I'll wear it. Yep. We're just, we're going down with a ship. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. With the goaltending, he said, that's my guy. And if he doesn't play well, we're going to lose. And that's been true of all this. Any of the guys he was going to add, whether it was Harry Sateri or Venny Vivalainen or go Scott through, Wedgwood. Scott Wedgwood. Or Andre Fleury. If you're going to them in the playoffs, you've lost. You're down 2 nothing to Tampa or Boston or Florida or Carolina, and you have lost. So it's going to be Jack Campbell or it's not going to work. And that's been the bet he's made. Maybe his ribs no good. Maybe the brain bone's hurting a little bit. <laughs> Whatever it may be, may not work, but it's the bet Dubas has made. Well, the thing Damn. about it that I go back that's to. That's some real truth right there. It, it kind of hurts. That's <laughs> it. And, but the thing I go back to about it is now I, I've kind of come around on this the other way. I was somebody who said, no, 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 Marc-Andre Fleury, I do not want that. The more I've thought about it, oh, okay, that wouldn't be a, maybe a better option to have in the fold than, than Eric Schalgren. But, you know, I, from my understanding of the guy who normally sits right here is that wasn't going to happen. Marc-Andre Fleury was in all likelihood not going to waive his no-move clause to come here. And that's where that's where I look at it and say it just all goes back to the call you made on Mrazic last summer. This yes. isn't about having faith in Jack Campbell. It's about having faith in Mrazic because I, I believe – if there was a, and I suppose you could say, well, that was Scott Wedgwood or that was Double V out of Minnesota. But I think if there was the David Rich move of like, all right, warm body, here's a yes. third rounder, let's do that. Yeah. I think that would have happened. But you look at what Double V got moved for. It was a, or I'm sorry, or uh, the uh, double, it's uh, the the wild that minder there who got traded on. Oh, uh, Cap, yeah, Cap, the Ks. Yeah, exactly. Ks, yeah. Ks, yeah. Bs, whatever. <laughs> Ks, Bs, whatever. He got moved for a body that's playing for them right now. Yeah. At least we're not moving out a roster player to address hopefully their third goal. And that's why it's not about, I mean, it is about having faith in Campbell right now, but this bind all goes back to the bet uh, on Mrazic. And, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, we know the fancy you know, stats said, oh, it's actually, I don't, I need to see fancy stats for groins intact by the end of a season. And I know he's no good in that regard. Yeah, yeah. no, it's not a, not it's a strength one. of his. Tough one. All right. I guess we'll uh, hit break number two yeah. here. We're going to bring Dan Rosen in to talk about uh, all things NHL. We'll take a little tour about the league. Uh, and I'm just going to take us to break. So we will be back after this. Brent Gunning, Justin Bourne, Sam McKee, Derek Brandeo, and Jen Rolnick. Got it. All right. We'll be back after this. The code word for today's episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Caps tickets on April 14th is Carlson. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Frank Gunning filling in for the real Kipper. Back Monday, I, I assume no one's told me anything. So, yeah, hey, it's Nick Kiprios. It's his world. You know, Kipper is in uh, Halifax right now, but he's going to be in New York City at a Rangers alumni event on the ice playing hockey Ooh. with Brian Leach and, you know, Rangers people. It, I mean, decent, so, decent so we may have some there. Peter Mrazek-esque groins when he comes back here on Monday. <laughs> just see him waddling <laughs> down the hall just to the coffee rolling machine. Rolling yeah, rolling, here. actually. Yeah, yeah, that'd be uh, much, much better. Uh, going to connect with uh, Dan Rosen in just a second here. Again, keep the comments coming uh, on YouTube. We're going to get some of your uh, questions a little later on in the show as well. Our buddy uh, Sam McKee yes, is going to pop in and... Uh, give us those questions and we'll answer them here. You know, we, we just talked about the goaltending thing when it comes to the Leafs. I mean, it, it does feel like, I know we talked about them for 40 minutes to start the show today. All roads lead back to Matthews today. And it's as good a, good a reason to bring in our next guest, Dan Rosen joining us now, Dan, how are you doing today? As a Mets fan, I'm, I've been better. So What's going on in Mets land? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm out. What's happening? No, I'm just, it's not why you had me on. But Jacob DeGrom shut down for at least four weeks. So there you go. There's your news for the Mets fans <laughs> that are listening. Heavy Jays <laughs> show here. So <laughs> I don't, I, look, if there's anything people in this market can understand, it's commiserating about sports teams that are, that are hurting your feelings. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, uh, I feel for you. We'll all light a candle for, uh, for, for DeGrom there. You, there. Go. Uh, you know, there the you guy, go. the guy who's lighting the lamp here, here in Toronto, Austin, Matthews, oh, he gets his 50th last night. You know, we're we're close to it. We're we're sitting here, we're in we're enthralled with it every day. But we wanted to get your take. You know, this is obviously the biggest American superstar in the game right now. This is a guy who, you know, we don't want him going anywhere, but he's the ticket for mm-hmm. selling the game in the United States. It feels like just how big of a story is it for the league to finally have him get to this mark? Because he's come close a couple of times. Yeah, and, you know, ruined by COVID seasons, really. I mean, he could have had – this could have been his third one, to be honest right. with you. I mean, the way, you know, the way he's at. Um, I think it's huge. Like, and not only that, uh, if, I, if we could just go big picture on this, he's the first to get it. Drysaddle's going to get there. The Crider's probably going to get there. Uh, and there could – you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, we, we could be seeing more, too, you know? I mean, because, you know, Ovechkin's got 42. Connor's got 41. There's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could have five fifty goal scorers this season. It might be a stretch, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. And 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 I think the key thing here too, just to look at it one more perspective, he leads the league in even strength goals as well. And so he's not only just not just doing this on the power play, he's doing this at even strength, which I think is a key thing. And even strength goals this season are up. Um, and they actually account for 78% of the goals scored in the NHL this season, even strength goals. And Austin Matthews has 36 of his 50 goals or even strength goals. And I think that's important. But, but from a Matthews perspective, from, that, from his point of view, I think it's big. He's a superstar in the league. American playing in a Canadian market, don't care. Canadian playing in an American market, don't care. He is a superstar in the National Hockey League, and you want your superstars in the National Hockey League to put up the gaudy numbers, to put up the big numbers. It sells it. What sells? Gold sell, and he's got 50 of them, and he could get 60. And I remember Steven Stamkos at All-Star Weekend, the last to score 60, said he could absolutely see Matthews doing it because he's that type of a goal scorer, and obviously he's proven to be. Well, you know, it's interesting. You talk about these guys here who are near 50, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, Dan, you're in New York City, right? Yes. New York City. Chris Kreider, a guy who's in the Jacob hunt. Right, crying about DeGrom. Uh, you know, <laughs> Kreider's in the hunt there. He's a guy who's got 24 power play goals, by the way. But he's sniffing around, 46 yeah. goals. Is it a big deal 
in in New York City, the, there's a Ranger about to score 50. It feels like it's flying under the radar. You barely hear about this well, here in Toronto. Anyway. For Rangers, it's a big deal for Rangers fans. There's no question about it because, I mean, the, the record for the New York Rangers, I believe, is Yarmir Yager at 54 goals. Hmm. And Chris Kreider is eight away from that with 14 games left. And you think to yourself, well, can he get there? I mean, uh, the pace he's going at, he absolutely can. Uh, and yes, 24 goals on the power play for Chris Kreider, and they're probably scored from the equivalent of from a combined 30 feet from the net. I yeah. mean, he's every he's just right in front of the net, tipping pucks and whatnot. But it's a big deal. There's no question about it. Kreider's offense. I mean, you're talking every night for Chris Kreider, just like you're talking every night for Austin Matthews. Uh, the difference, obviously, is Matthews to me is the train that drives the whole thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, he he's the guy that that pushes everything. Uh, whereas Kreider is not necessarily the guy that pushes everything. He's capitalizing on everything. But for the Rangers, the guy that pushes everything is Igor Shesterkin. Uh, and if you want to look from an offensive perspective, Kreider is there, but so is Panarin. So is Zivanejad. Um, but from Matthews, and this is probably why I would have Matthews as the leader. If I, was, if I had a Hart Trophy vote, he'd probably be the guy because he pushes it all for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And people will look and say, well, Connor McDavid's got 100 points. Yeah, but he's got Leon Dreisaitl, who's got 49 goals this season, right? And I'm not disparaging anything with Mitch Marner or anything, because Mitch Marner's a terrific player. He's not Leon Dreisaitl. And to flip it around, Leon Dreisaitl, he could be in the race. Well, he's got Connor McDavid. Same thing, you know? So um, I I think uh, Matthews probably, you know, is the leader in in that category right now for me. I think you just ignited a culture war in Canada here. You know, we do the McDavid Matthews all the time. We throw Dreisaitl in the mix. Dry, and Mar- Mitch Marner now entering this, and uh, it's just the, that that's kind of the big topic of conversation up here is not which two would you rather have, but just how do you kind of stack them up there. Yeah. You know, we're talking about the MVP here. You know, I think you can make the, the case that Connor McDavid could win the MVP every single season. He's the first guy to 100 points. Is it simply kind of voter fatigue that he's not going to be that guy? Is it the fact that Matthews, if, if let's say, because you just said he's, he would get your vote, is it the fact that he's a quote-unquote more complete player? Like, what do you think it is that holds McDavid back? And I, I don't want to cry for him. He's, he's won a couple of hearts, if I, if I understand correctly. Yes, no, he has. Um, he, here's the thing. The Hart Trophy is a single-season award given to the player who is most valuable to his team. That's the exact definition of it. Actually, it's to the player adjudged to be the most valuable to yeah, his team. Is that team, a word? Right? I, don't, I guess so. I don't know. It's not a word I ever use. Um, Connor Just Mc- scratch out the A, a and it's right there. And we, we had this, Sean Rourke, who's a co-host, uh, co-host of the podcast, the NHL at the Ring podcast with me. We talked about this on our podcast that we recorded yesterday. And his point, he said this, and I 100% agree with him. If you take Connor McDavid off of the Edmonton Oilers, they're probably in the mix where they are right now. You know, like they're, they're battling for a playoff spot in the Pacific Division, and they're not fading out. Uh, and that's and not to disparage McDavid. He's the best player in the league. I, I, don't th- I, I think he's the best player in the league. But the award is most valuable player. And that's where the distinction needs to be made. And I think Austin Matthews' value to his team this season is a hair greater than Connor McDavid's value to his team. I can hear arguments the other way, and I don't think they would be necessarily dead wrong. But I think you just look at it and you say Matthews and what he brings, the goal scoring, the power game, the two-way game, all of that. It's just, you know, I mean, I think he just has that more value to his team this season. But then I'll throw this one in the mix, too. 
Igor Shesterkin's value mm-hmm. to the Rangers might be greater than both of theirs, and Roman Yossi's value to the Nashville Predators might be better than might be greater than both of yours. Like, what if Roman Yossi goes out and gets to 100 points this season as a defenseman, and they make the playoffs? Pretty hard to not award him the Hart Trophy in that sense, too, right? Yeah, we've already had our, our producer Sam McKee here say, "Ah, Shesterkin's a goalie; he doesn't count." And we've noted that a defenseman, what were they, won Hart Trophy yeah, in fifty like, years it's or something? Stronger in, yeah. in two thousand is yeah. the last time, and nobody a long time before him. Yeah. It's like they don't get even right. consideration, eh? Yeah, you know what? You have to in those positions, goaltender and defense. Like you, you have to have out of this world special seasons. And to be honest, that's. To me, what like we'll see how it finishes. There's still 14, 15 games here to go. But that's what Shesterkin is having for the Rangers. And if you continue, if, if Roman Yossi continues to do what he's doing, he's got 81 points. You know, if he continues to do what he's doing, playing 25 minutes a game, 81 points, he can get 100 points this season. Yeah, That's an out-of-this-world season for a defenseman. Yeah, that, that, that's more than noteworthy at that point, I would agree. Yeah. Um, you know, we were looking at some of the playoff matchups, and it looks like yeah, the Rangers there are, are likely to draw the Pittsburgh Penguins, two teams that maybe under discussed in a you know in a conference with so many good teams. Uh, they haven't come up as uh, as often, at least here in Toronto. What are your thoughts on those two teams that match up? If one of them could potentially be a dark horse out of the East. Well, I mean, does anybody talk about anything but the Leafs in Toronto? No, so, as far as I know, there. that's all. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's all it is, that's right? It. Uh, you know, I, I think it's good. I think it'd be a fascinating playoff series if the Rangers play the Penguins. There's so much. There's a lot of intrigue there you, because you've got the team in Pittsburgh that's had a lot of players who've been there, done that. You've got the Rangers who are kind of new, you know, with this group a little bit new to the party, right? Um, the goaltending matchup definitely sways in the Rangers' direction, but Igor Shesterkin has never done it in the playoffs. And Tristan Jerry has a lot to prove after his playoffs last season. The Rangers and Penguins have played uh, a couple of times recently, and the Rangers have won both 5-1 to one at the Garden. But that was a game where it was Evgeny Malkin was a late scratch because he was sick, uh, and the Penguins were playing a 3-4. and four. The Rangers jumped all over him. The next time they played was in Pittsburgh, and the Rangers gutted out a win, which was very important for them, I think, to show that they can beat a team like that in that type of fashion. So I think it would be a fascinating playoff series and it would draw a lot of interest, especially, you know, here in the United States, because you're talking about two of the bigger teams and the Rangers and the Penguins, you know, in the East, it's going to draw a ton of eyeballs on that series. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking at it now. And I, I mean, you know, it's the, it's the playoffs. They're all going to be good teams, but man, especially in the East, I don't think you're going to get a bad series. You basically throw darts yeah. at any yeah. of these matchups and you, you should be really so happy true. about them. Uh, Dan, yeah. thanks so much for the time. I uh, really, really appreciate it today. Yeah, you got it. Brad Marchand said it's gonna be you gotta win the Stanley Cup four to, you gotta win the Stanley Cup final four times to win the Stanley Cup if you if you're playing in the East and I don't think he's wrong. Well, for, first time I've agreed with him on anything, but there <laughs> there we go. Uh, there, there we go, and uh there he goes. Uh Dan Rosen, NHL.com. You know, it's funny just hearing him talk about, you know, okay, what does it take for a defenseman to get into that conversation? I'm trying to think, and look, you know, there have been tons of defensemen who are, you know, talked up in this game. For a moment there, Kale McCarr, I feel like I had more Kale McCarr conversations than I was having Austin Matthews conversations mm-hmm. at one point in time. And even then, we weren't saying, and he's the best player on the planet. Yeah. What does a defenseman have to do going forward? Because if you told me that yeah. Kale McCarr was going to burst, and look, I understand there's more to defense than scoring goals. I under I understand that. But if if that guy 
can't even sniff or can't even worm his way into the conversation. I genuinely don't know what a defenseman would have to, like, would he have to be Kale McCarr yeah. and Zdeno Chara to, yeah. to do that? I think... Yeah, I've, Chris Pronger. Yeah, well, exactly. There you right? go. Yeah. I think I've said it on the show before, but, like, Kale McCarr, ah, I'm not even sure I believe it. I kind of believe it. Kale McCarr is my favorite player in the league to watch. Okay, I believe that. Like, I I'm totally because I love watching... Sold on it. Well, because Matthews is just yeah. unbelievable to watch. Yeah, like. Every, awesome every shift. Every time he's on the ice, it's fun. But McCarr's not much different. I guess the difference is as a D-man, you have less opportunity to be involved. But just, my God, when he's involved. And I think we were having yep. that conversation earlier in the year because what do you score, 15 goals in the first 30 games? Or, run, yeah. you know, some that sort of, one against Chicago where he spins oh, off the half boards. Because the Patrick Kane cooking, cut back. Cooking and, Kirby Doc. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, nasty. He's taken, he's taken some beatings this year. He got hip-checked by that was Judas him. last night. Oh, yeah. I realized that yeah. was him. That I saw was the Doc. <laughs> I, like, here's the thing I've never understood, so I'm just going to uh, yeah, change topic cares, entirely. Yeah. Like, how are hip-checks legal? How are they ever legal? Well, I mean, again, you know, we talked about the Sunday. I loved it. We I talked about it. the Sundean Leafs on this show. Brian, Brian McCabe had two moves. One was called tripping. We called it the can, can opener. opener. Yeah. Hey, that's <laughs> yeah. a great move. The can that opener. That was a moving slew foot, and, essentially. Yeah, and then the other one was when he would just basically press his cheeks up on you when you try to go by him. It wasn't a real <laughs> hip check. It was more of like a butt press than, yeah. than anything else. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's like baked into the core of at least, you know, guys my age in yeah. this city. Well, it's unbelievable, though. Like, I mean, you're you're tripping, right? You're taking a guy's yep. legs out from under him, and they're like, but because you do a flip, it's not tripping. Well, it's like, wait. I, at a certain point, how much like I know that this isn't written in the rule book, but we always talk about the spirit of the rule. Right. I wonder if the spirit of the rule there is ah, it looks pretty cool. Well, it is. <laughs> like, I, I do That's wonder how much of it is that. It's like, well, it, it's, it's tripping, but watch, watch well, this. It's like also, I'm just this is just kind of coming to me now. It's the I, the lacrosse move. I imagine that that a puck is touched with a high stick at some point in time in a lot of those, and it's like, yeah, but you know, it's cool, so yeah. we just kind of let it go. Like, I honestly wonder how much of it's that with the hip. It's the Mark McGuire thing uh, yeah. from Simpsons. Is do you, do you want to know all the inner workings and the truth, or do you want to see me hit dingers? Dingers. <laughs> we always love dingers. Um, dingers, it is. So we're gonna go to call, uh, questions here and stuff, but we got a unbelievable comment from somebody on YouTube from Mag. Okay. <laughs> Looking like Kipper and porn with that stash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's from MAG. Yeah. Good, good job uh, on points. you. Good oh, points. man. And the Tony Reality points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. So you want to you question now, boys? Yeah, I mean, uh, now that we've marinated on... Uh, on uh, the yeah. name has been used like that before. Born Star Parking was yeah. a thing for a while. Or, yeah, there's a lot of... So this sets us up perfectly into our conversation about decor. And this is from BW on uh, YouTube. Where do they start Muzzin in his return, which looks to be imminent? He was taking line rush as he didn't he didn't have the non-contact jersey on today. Uh, so where do you put him in the lineup once he's ready to return? So this conversation for me goes right to Riley and his partner. Mm -hmm. So Riley and Brody were together for a huge chunk of the Forever. season and were awesome. Yep. You know, really, really good pair that you came to trust and actually took a lot of defensive it's, responsibility. It's amazing what Morgan Riley next to another, you know, skillful defenseman yes. looks like. Yeah. Right. But then they put Lilligren there and they were a train wreck. Boy. Not pretty. I know. I mean, both of them were yes. it just it was not a match made in heaven. Um, and then Labushkin goes there, and Labushkin is like the anchor guy that frees Riley. Mm -hmm. Riley's behind the opposing team's net with Bushkin. He's just like he thinks he's Kale McCarr now. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay, Labushkin's going to be back there. He trusts him, whatever. So what's happening now? 
is I don't like it. I don't okay. I don't like this thing where like Labushkin is playing in the top pair because it's going to you're going to be in playoffs and mm-hmm. you want Riley on the ice a lot. Do you want Labushkin playing 22 minutes or whatever? I, I don't. Nope. I like Labushkin, but it seems like a lot for me. So I want Riley Brody mm-hmm. back. I want Giordano with Hull so I can give Muzzin Labushkin some run as a D zone start. 18 minutes, you know, because Muzzin looked like he was pressed at times this season, right? Like he wasn't quite the same guy. If you take some responsibility off Muzzin, kind of third pairing with Labushkin, very particular role for those guys, can that work? I think it can. Now, I think that's right. But I really... Like, I really like how Gio and Lilligren are looking together. Yeah. And I don't, and I understand the thing of the bright lights of the playoffs and the first time through it. And like, I completely understand that. And I don't want to take any amount of that away. And Justin Hall has played in the playoffs before. It didn't go particularly well because, <laughs> hey, he played for the Leafs, but he's been through it. Yeah. And I just, I, I, and you know, I understand you can mix guys in. It is not your, these are your six and you can't mix anybody else in, but I feel like it should be Hall because of he's he's done it before. He's been that guy. He was your shutdown pair last year. I really, really like that Geo Lilligren pair. I do too. And, you know, I've been hard on Lilligren throughout this whole season, essentially, because I've been saying it's not that I don't think he's an NHL defenseman or whatever. It's my question has been, where does he fit? Mm-hmm. I've been saying he's not a offensive guy. Like he's not in the power play. He's, you're not expecting him no. to put up a ton of points. He's not a D-zone guy where he's physical, he clears out the zone. I've just been saying, what is he going to do? Yeah. And so since Giordano has been around, he's kind of looked like Giordano. He's been a first-pass guy, a transition guy, move the puck up the rink, keep it simple. And actually, he's played more physical since Giordano's there, which I don't really know. Maybe he just trusts that there's a guy back there. I think Mark Giordano's intimidating. Like, I see him on the, like, he's standing there on the blue line with the national anthem. He's got a shaved head. He looks yeah. intense. Like, I honestly wonder yeah. how much of it is just like. He looks like, like all the guys that play beer league every against Every single guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to. guy looks pretty intense. I don't want to let him down. But whatever it's been, Lilligren has looked so good beside him to where, uh, you know, I at least have to question, are you sure Justin Hall's in? You know, are you sure Justin Hall's in? Uh, on merit, he's been really good. Yeah, he's played well. For the last two weeks, he's been pretty good. I also see a role for him on the PK, you know, as a shutdown. There's more clear roles with him than Lilligram where you actually are starting to like, oh, is this flower blooming? I I like Lilligram at five on five, but I just, I feel there are game scenarios where I trust Hall. I am of the Babcock uh, era of loving the right, left on D. To me, it's just so aesthetically pleasing and just makes so much sense. And I like it. So if I'm doing it, I go Riley Labouche, and I keep him up there as long By as By the he... way, can we just call him Boosh from now Boosh, on? Sure. I like nope. Boosh. So I've I been keep... calling him Luby and McKee nope. is looking at me like Tough one. Do that. Tough nope. one. Uh you can't go with Luber either. Um so uh Riley and Boosh on the top pair. Yeah. And I, I, I liked what I've seen from Labushkin. I don't think you can stick with it really long term, but at least I try it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I go Geo Hall for the for the right left again. And then I go Muzzin Brody as a third pair, and Brody has shown his ability to play off on the off wing. I mean, it's great. And Brody... But the, li- using of, the logic of left-right, it doesn't work because well, no, Brody's but, a lefty. But. Yeah, no, but he's played with Riley yeah, yeah. on his offside. So his whole career. His, I just think on merit recently, and I think Brody's been a great signing, but I don't think he's necessarily been at his best over the past, maybe not month, but few weeks. I don't think he's been he as strong. Been. 
so you put them with Muzzin, you kind of ease them, give them a little easier minutes, and then you can switch it all up. You have depth here, yeah. but I don't think it's the worst idea to kind of ease Muzzin in with Brody, who's a capable guy. Is it a little weird that when we're putting all of our pairs together, we have not put Mark Giordano beside the guy you want to Norris with, like two, like three Great seasons point. ago? It's, Great it's, point. It's an awesome Important point. point. I, I don't think you need to rush to it. My I am thrilled that they've gone about it this way. I think the easiest thing in the world would have been, you want Gio to get off to a good start, put him with the guy he's comfortable yeah. with. That can immediately be a top four pair for you. Like, it was the easiest thing in the world. But look, you know that that's going to be okay. Worst case scenario, that pair this year will be okay together. So I don't think you needed to run to it. It's something you can kind of break glass in case of emergency and go to. But I, I'd like to see it before yeah. the regular season's done. It, like, well, we're in this experimental phase of what is your best six, and you know who knows Sandine, a name we haven't mentioned. I think part of that's injury, but part of it's that this D's really good now. It also leaves you such easy other pairs because yeah. you just go Muzzin and Hall, yep. Riley and Labushkin. Yeah, there you go. And then I, you can have Muzzin Hall be your kind of, because you trust, because Giordano's looked the way he's looked since he got here, you can put him in your top four and not need to worry mm-hmm. about that. And then you're easing Muzzin in the same way. I'm not depending on anything from Sandine for a well, while. Well, this is, I was going to say, it's, it's crazy we haven't mentioned Sandine, but who they were uh, very, at times I have thought is their best guy. I, I mean, I know he's not, but at times he has he been. He shows so. flashes of it. But yeah. I, I mean, they were very hush-hush about that injury. And like, they didn't, they were like, ah, I don't, it's going to be a while. We'll talk basically we'll talk about that later yeah. and it just feels knee going into the playoffs hasn't played I, I think i would be very hesitant to depend too much on him oh no i'm not i'm i'm with you there i'm not banking on it it's just this is a i don't want to i don't want to make it in to be too much you know much more than it is but it's like a really really crucial time in sandine's career like i think part of the reason the uh, okay spoiler alert they haven't won because they haven't won but winning early in a career changes a player David Pasternak is not the David Pasternak we think of if he was playing on not this Florida Panthers, but Mm -hmm. like five years ago, Florida Panthers teams, and he's putting up his 70 points, and then he goes home before the playoffs start. Going through these battles, going through these wars, like it, and then if you're able to actually come out on the other side and lift yourself up and get it done and win a series, it can, I don't think it can completely change you as a player, but I think it can kind of lift you up a little peg and it just kind of lets you know you can do it. And for Sandine to be missing those reps, and he's been banged up a bunch early on in his career, it's just a concerning thing from for a player. I think we're all really high on. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I was just checking out Sandine's contract as we we're talking about this. Like he's an RFA. Mm-hmm. This year. Mm-hmm. So well, what are you going to pay him? Uh, I was going to sing a song, uh, a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. I think it's called Under the Bridge. Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> bridge. Bridge, bridge, bridge. And just say we'll give bridge. you a million bucks for two years. Yeah. We'll, give you a little bit of, we'll give you a little bit of cost certainty. We'll prove that you were going to have to pay you big bucks. And Boy, then, well, they'll an do. Awfully good player. And they'll do the thing with him that they've done to all their rookies and saying, Look how crowded this blue line is. You're for sure, for sure in at a million bucks. Yeah. If you want three, four, it's then right. tough for conversation. Yeah, you might enjoy in, right? Columbus or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Somebody might, not me. And I don't think Rasmus. Maybe <laughs> Doug. I don't know. Maybe he enjoyed Columbus. I don't know. Maybe Jim Benning. Maybe he enjoyed Columbus. All right, Sammy. We uh, we got anything else? Let's let's dig Sorry, in. I just uh, got a speck of dust there. <laughs> uh, this is from Brett Longfield on Twitter. In your heart of hearts... Who will the Leafs end up playing in the first round? I think Tampa. I think Tampa too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on. Actually, this is interesting. Why do you think Tampa? Uh, I think Tampa. The standings? Well, well, the standings are are currently (laughs) in favor and you're running out of runway. I just feel like 
I don't know, uh, the, uh, destiny. Like, yep. I don't know, it just feels mm-hmm. like the defending Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to, you know, clear this hurdle. Everyone thinks Boston is slaying the dragon. Like, getting the lightning after all this just feels like the ultimate, the universe conspiring against you. Yeah, I think I think it's, <laughs> that's exactly why I think it will be. And I also think for Florida, it means something to finish off and win the division. Tampa yeah. doesn't care. The Leafs, I mean, they'd like it, but it doesn't really matter. How, how great was that division banner from last? Oh, no, because yeah. that doesn't matter. Who cares if you win the division? I think the Panthers are going to kind of push for that. And then why wouldn't Steven Stamkos come in here and, and torture yeah. us all? Uh, because it's just, let's be honest, like it's lingering in the in the atmosphere. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with Tampa. McKee, where, who do you, what do you think? It's going to be Boston. It's going to be Boston, eh? <laughs> it's going to be Boston. I um I have the next question here. Oh. Oh. It's, it's you know what it is. Would you rather play Augusta National oh, by yourself? Oh, my God. Or play your local Muni with Tiger Woods? Wow, you just snuck in a golf question, I eh? love it. It's a great, well, listen, uh, by I'll the t- way, I should, let me just say, these are the golf guys. I was going to say. And, and the show is back. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. For Saturday, the, the golf guys. What time? 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on this, on, I was going to say on the Sports Network Radio Network, but that's not true. On Sports at 590, the fan, locally. You're two hosts here, and we're launching into Masters Week, mm-hmm. where, I mean, this is about to get real. Yeah. I'm very excited. So, repeat the question for everybody. Would you rather play Augusta National by yourself, mm. or play your local Muni with Tiger Woods? I mean, this is so easy for me. Yeah, it's the easiest. I have ever. to play Augusta. I have to. I have to play Augusta. I ha- I have to. Do you know how big the gap between, and I want to be so clear about this. We will be giving love to all of our local munis. Do you know how big the gap is between the munis I play and Augusta National? <laughs> I could go find a scratch to play with, and it's going to like, you know, you don't get the stories. You don't get everything. I could, oh, yeah, look at that high draw. Okay, I, I play golf with you. It's, it's got, it can't be that much different. You know, yeah, Augusta, compresses it. Yeah, he really, it makes the sound, guys. It makes the sound. But uh, Augusta no. National, like, it's it's Augusta. Easiest, easy answer, exact same as Gunner. I, I'm stunned both of you said that. The chance to see Tiger Woods play Lakeview? sting it around and just <laughs> make a mockery of not, your local. Not hit anything longer than a f- the nine iron the and, entire time? Yeah, and, like, we all know what Augusta looks like, whatever. The chance to actually see I know what Tiger person, looks like. Well, to see him do it <laughs> next, it's, like, so out of context. Like, you can't take Wayne Gretzky... The context is always the same ice rink. It's, yeah. you know, 200 by 85, whatever. Do you, you don't, to take Tiger and put him on a local course like that, I don't know, be fully entertaining. And I also think there's a 1% chance I get to play Augusta National in my life. Like, the, you know, golf media, you get to cover mm. it one day. Win the lottery. You win the lottery, Bob you get Leak's out there. Still never won it. There's no chance Tiger Woods <laughs> is like, let's go tee it up. At Gallagher's Canyon, shout out Kelowna. <laughs> you don't think he's just a huge Islanders guy, and that's like your ticket. I in. guess there's this like fringe celebrity chance that like you know tie it through my dad or so. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be a tough one. That'd be a tough one. God love you for sneaking in that golf question. I love. Oh, thank you so much. And yes, golf show uh, nine o'clock tomorrow. And also shout out to Sam McKee for getting us an extra hour of sleep. They used to be at eight o'clock last yeah. year. Now oh, it's at nine. So key. good job by you. Um. Although I'm up at six in the morning because child. child. Yeah. 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 My dog. He, really, oh, he starts, okay. he starts, don't, he starts, don't, he starts sniffing around, you know, at 830. It's pretty tough. Okay. Um, question for the boys. So that would be you guys. Okay. Why hasn't Simmons had half the amount of energy for the past two months that he did last night? Does he need the rest in order to get that much out of him? Or was he just pissed off that he was sitting? I, I think it's that. I think it's like the William Nylander thing where it's like you need to go out there and show it or you're not going to get to play as much. Now, Willie, 
would always work his way mm. back in. It's inevitable. He's going to get the look for Simmons. It's like, you're fighting for your last opportunities here. Like, it's almost like you're trying to make the team as a rookie again, that sort of career arc. Every time he plays now, he has to show that he's worth being in the lineup. And I think that's a lot of pressure. I agree with all that. The other thing I would add to it is that you don't get that game every night. I'd sign up for that game every sure. night where the threat of blood is in the air and he's slashing. Like it's just, it was the perfect kind of game for Wayne Simmons. And look, he can definitely make more of an impact in a Boston game. Oh, that could get chippy really yeah. quickly, but it's just, okay. Maybe I was about to say, Oh, not in Philly, uh, almost certainly in Philly because that's what they do now. But it's just, I think that that's it. You kind of need to pick your spots for, for Simmons. Okay. This game could get a little out of hand. Maybe that's the night he's in, but you, you guys, have been you know making the point about Clifford it's just that's your better fourth line option if you want a guy who kind of does those things so I think I think it's just it's impossible to kind of you know especially at that age and when the thing you do is just be nasty and getting in guys faces you you can only do that even the guys who are the kind of peak tough guys in the league right now like even Nick Delorier picks his spots a little bit he's not mucking it up every single night right you can't you can't do it all the time so this is from our text line and I don't know if it's a sarcastic question but I think it's one that's actually interesting as a non-sarcastic question. Okay. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is from Eric and Guelph. Do you think anyone is scared of the Leafs in the playoffs? Scared in the sense we were just talking about, no. Like, I, I don't think anyone's going, oh, those big bad Leafs, they're going <laughs> to roll in here and they're going to beat us up. I think Austin Matthews is terrifying. I think Mitch Marner's yeah. terrifying. I think Jack Campbell played at a 945 save percentage for two months. I think there's some teams. There's also the other fact that if you lose to the Leafs, Mm. it's so much worse. Mm. The media, the fan base. You're the team that lost. You're You're the the team. that Five straight teams. Columbus beat them. Montreal beaten. And you're going to be a a top seed, presumably, Mm -hmm. one of the better teams in the league, and you lost to the Leafs. So there is the fear factor. You don't want to do it. Campbell can get hot. We know they can score. Decor quietly got really good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and say it here, and I think I feel a little bit more freedom to say it because Kipper's not here okay. and he's not going to chastise me oh. for it. But, like, I'm ki- I'm kind of becoming a real believer in this team. Whoa. Like, oh. I, like we got an alert. Like, the decor has changed how I feel, and it comes down to Campbell. I know it comes down to Campbell. But we just put together – Four iterations of the decor, four different looks, you know, without having Sandine in. And I I like them all. Yeah. I, you know, in previous years, there's always been a pair that you're like, okay, Dermot and Sandine or Cece and someone or Barry and someone or Jake Gardner Mm -hmm. and someone. There's always been a guy or two guys on the back end that make you go, well, if we get the best of them and they don't do the thing they do, we're okay. There's no one on this decor that makes me go, ah, you know, Lilligren sometimes, but, yep. you know, he wasn't in many of our plans there. I, that makes me believe in the team. The other the other thing I'll say about it is that, again, we we get so bogged down in dealing with the specifics. And, oh, look at this one mistake this player made. The idea of having a guy, I know he's in the top six now, we'll see what happens when playoffs roll around, but a guy like Ilya Mikheyev playing on your third line, this the, the, the fact yeah. that you need to be concerned when you have the power play. You know, so often in playoffs, that feels like a big momentum shifter and if the Leafs are getting momentum, not only from killing penalties off, but getting, you know, shorthanded goals with their power kill there, it's 
that's that's another element that makes them a really scary team. Uh, there, when yeah. we're when we step away from it, I'm really talking about myself here. <laughs> when I step away from it and don't think of it as this team that I watch every single night and all the minutia, when I just look at it as how would I talk about them if they were the Columbus Leafs? Yeah, that's a scary team. Yeah. Goaltending for sure, but other than that, scary. Yeah. I just the biggest difference for me is like what you were just saying is the special teams number one power play in the league and the number five penalty kill and if you look back at last season which I'm just quickly pick, pulling up here on NHL.com um, it was not that they were uh, I lost it okay anyways they weren't as good last year on the power, on the, <laughs> yeah. on the special teams like the member the power play. It was almost like the elephant in the room every time they got a power oh, play. Oh, yeah. No, last like, year the oh power play was falling apart going into the postseason like, and, and then wasn't there for them. I'm pretty sure I made, it, like, multiple defer jokes. Yeah. Decline the penalty. Yeah. Like, you don't want it. And now, like, last night their power play looked awesome. Did they end up scoring a power play goal last night? I think they got one, yeah. yeah but they just, like, there was multiple. Oh, yeah. Matthews had the bomb from the point and then Neil. Oh, yeah, yeah. It tapped in. But it just, backboards. there was multiple power plays that they had where they had the puck in the offensive zone for the entire time, moving it yeah. around confidently making good reads like it's not like it hasn't been as hot but it's not like it was broken and, like and last year they couldn't enter the zone no it was awful and all this stuff that you know we're talking about the Leafs and how they haven't got it done haven't got it done haven't got it done this team hasn't gone in and got swept like Tampa Bay to Columbus after winning the president's trophy they've won I think quick math in my head 13 playoff games over the past five yep. years. You know, they won three, two, three, two, three, three, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, they've been in series with very good teams, very good Boston teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the team that went to the final last year. <laughs> the first but, team eliminated from the playoffs this year? Yeah. Is that exactly. the one you're talking about? Right. No, yeah. but they have been. Oh, I was going to say, they that won felt playoff like games. a sleep. I, yeah. Like, you're right. They haven't been swept, but I'm like, oh, man, that felt like getting that swept. That felt like, It really yeah. did. But the point is, if the power play is that much better, yep. the special teams are overall that much better, if the D are that much better, you know, can they get that one extra win? Last year, they were 24th on the penalty kill, and they were 16th on the power play versus one and four. Five this year. Wow, well, and it's a huge difference. The thing about the power play Tampa's too. PP was huge for them. Last yeah, the year. thing about the power play too is that even though yeah they got the one goal last night, but it just looked so much different. Even when they were able to get in the zone, it felt like it was just okay. Marner's going to stand there and try to basically pump fake people into an open seam pass yeah. for Matthews, and if it's not there. They got nothing going on. It just feels like there's so many different looks. And, you know, even... Last night, Matthew sliding in Riley's spot to be at the top of the... the, Like, what what PK would think that they're going to take a one-timer from the top? Because Riley doesn't. No, exactly. You're right. Yeah, so many different looks. Anything else, McKee? Eh. (laughs) Okay, let's go on to the weekend. Then we got uh, Friday... Sorry, Saturday night in Philly. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. On Sportsnet, I don't the fan. Uh, yes. There you go. Are you, are you doing that game? Yeah. All right. Lovely. Uh, what are off, your thoughts so. on uh, the Philly Flyers these days? They suck. Listless. <laughs> not, it doesn't feel like Philly. I mean, I, I know they got tough guys and they'll still throw down and still fight, but it's just, it doesn't feel like the Flyers. I mean, the Giroux. Zach McEwen's punching people. Oh, I, look, they're, they, they are. Like, they're always going to be that, but it's just, I don't know. It felt like the second Giroux left, it was like all the air. Just there wasn't much in. It was like already a deflating bouncy castle. Yeah. And then the second he walked out the door, it's like, they, what are we even doing here? They're quite dreadful. They have yeah. 53 points in 67 games with a minus 65 goals. Minus 65 so, goal differential. If we're talking here about Matthews getting to 60, these are the type of games where he needs to get two or maybe even a Hattie type of thing. You know, because like, they have some tough games coming up. Like, next week is not uh, – they got the two Florida teams that go into Dallas. I think the next Saturday night's against Montreal, which mm-hmm. is always squirrely, how we we know how that thing always goes. Is. So, 
this kind of game going into it, if he is going to pursue 60, is the type of one that he has to kind of light up. Yeah. No, agreed there. So uh, we'll close it out with uh, some best bets here. Looking at the uh, the the slate tonight, I don't know, Gunnar. You don't gamble, right? Oh, I do, but oh, I do? terribly, <laughs> just terribly, just terribly. I I make money on Corey Connors every year at the Masters, and then it, yeah. it bleeds me through the year. What are you, uh, top twenty five, or is he top ten? I go top ten for Connors, and then I always hit on him best Canadian. But he had a great week at the match play, so his odds are going to be all wonked yeah. off this week. Uh, Islanders Rangers tonight. The Islanders are quietly one of the better teams over the past oh I don't know month. They're uh, Homer. They're, Hard homer, <laughs> but they're plus one sixty against the Rangers tonight. They've won a couple in a row. They're climbing their way back. They're annoying. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to put a couple of bucks on uh, on the Islanders and say that they play spoiler. So Shosturkin's playing in that game, and you think the Islanders win, so you have to take the under as well, right? Like that's how that would work, I think. Brilliant. Right? You have that's... to do. You've got to tack it on. Oh, it. by the way, my parlay almost hit last night. My uncut did you get gems paid for almost hits. No, man. I did, <laughs> all I needed was one Matthews goal, I and I would have to go home and talk about almost unloading uh... the dishwasher. I almost did it. God, it was so close. I did think of it. The two goals is greedy. If you had done a Matthews goal with the over, with a, so my bet did work. We did hit there. You yes. tacked on the uh, the uncut I, James I, version. I, I, but, I tacked on the yeah the rude version of it. Yeah. Uh, and then other than that, for, for bets, the other one uh, I would like is I'm betting all thing Golden Knights right now. Apparently, Robin uh, Leonard is is able to play again. He's okay. going to be close to healthy. They're still going to go with I have no idea who plays for the Golden Knights. Logan Thompson. I've, n- I've never known. Go, it's, it's like, is Bill Carlson still there? I, it's like, as far as I'm concerned. I go in, I have no idea They put that expansion team in, like, amber that they, like, preserve dinosaur bones in, and th- that's what I will always think. It's going to be 2050. Yeah, be like, still got Pacioretty? Is he still poking around there? Well, I yeah. know he is, yeah. Yeah, Evgeny uh, Dadanov yeah. is now the best that's player right. in the NHL, so they got that going for them. Um, but they're minus 167 in Seattle. Don't like that, but if you go ahead and do it in regulation, you can get them about even money vegas golden knights there it is my other bet jack campbell likely back tomorrow good feeling yay or nay oh really good plenty of runway for him to find his game again we're all positivity here matthews gets 50 campbell's back i i like him starting against the flyers i agree get the mojo going a little bit heading into a big week with the two florida teams on monday tuesday we all agree so we know what's going to happen yeah exactly be back and so is the drop Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick behind the glass, producer Sam McKee, Justin Bourne, and me. Thanks, Not Gunner. Jim Benning, Brent Gunning, filling in <laughs> on Real Kipper and Bourne. Thanks so much for listening and watching on YouTube.